All right. Well, for the last three weeks, I've been sharing with you guys about our identity and who we are in Christ and the importance of knowing who we really are. This is, um, to me, a lifelong message and a message that we all need to get in our heart because we're going to have a difficult time walking out of who God says that we are if we don't believe it. There's a, there's a gospel message that's gone through the kingdom, if it is the kingdom, whatever it is, through the church, I'll say, that, that tries to project this uh, inferiority complex on people. It tries to beat you down and tell you that you're this and that or whatever, this inferiority message. And that's not the way our Father talks about us. Right. You know, if, if I only talk to my sons and Lauren just in a correcting way, in a disciplined way, and pointing out everything they did wrong, and their whole identity was based around what they did wrong, and it was sin, sin, sin every time we talked, what kind of relationship would you think they'd have with me? How quick do you think it'd be before they would want to move out of the house? Right? It's dysfunctional. It's not kingdom. It's not relationship. All right? The whole kingdom is based on love of God. It's the love of God. Amen? So God is not going to talk about you that way. He's not going to speak to you that way. But when we hear it again and again and again in church or whatever, wherever we hear it from people, how God's angry, God's this, God's that, we tend to start believing somewhat that it's true. And it makes us have this inferiority complex about ourselves that we can't believe the good things that God says about us is true. And, you know, we, we've seen this in the Old Testament. We looked at stories of Moses and Gideon and David and how they had trouble believing what God said about them. Even when they're having burning bush experiences, even when they're having this really amazing uh, angel of the Lord came and spoke to Gideon, he still couldn't believe because of the other things he had already heard. And things happen in our lives. So the battle we're going to face in your life is if you're going to believe what God says about you is true and live out of that reality, or you're going to believe what the world says about you is true and live out of that reality. And they're not the same. They might look the same in some churches, but it's not supposed to be. Okay? Are you guys good? Yep. All right, a couple of you guys could say, hey, man, I've heard you before. Um, this is going to change your life. It's believing who God says that you are, amen? So our battle or challenge is living out of who God says that we are. Are you going to? Oh, that's what... I was wondering, junior church guys, sorry. Remember I said, I did say it. Any other announcements? I didn't remember. Once I get going, thank you. All right, junior church, you guys can go. Well, at least you got to enjoy that first part. <laughs> Eric, amen. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We love our kids here, and I love seeing them come up and put their offering in the plate too. It's awesome. God bless you guys. All right, so today we're going to look at who God says we are and living out of who God says we are. We looked at living out of who God says we are last week through the life of David. Today we're going to just look at who does God actually say that we are, okay? Because depending on who you talk to, uh, you can hear a variety of different things, okay? So when it comes to our individual identities, there's several layers involved in our identities, okay? There's a layer of our occupation. That's what we do. There's a layer of our identity connected with our relationships. That's uh, who we are from our friends and family, who we are from their perspective. And there's another spiritual layer of who we are from God's perspective. This is one we're going to focus on today. But, you know, there's people out there, maybe you're one of them, hope you're not, but they, they, uh, they know how you were back in high school or how this person was back in high school or middle school, elementary school or whatever, college. And they have that mindset in their mind that that's who you are. 
So every time they see you, they still project those thoughts of who you used to be, of who you are today. And they can't get in their mind that maybe you might have changed in 20 years, that you might, might be different than who you used to be. And they just remember you from your best story or your worst story. If they were good stories they had with you, they remember you from that funny story at the bar, or the funny story at the, the, what, this place or that place, this funny story here, this good story there. And they remember you that way. And also, but if there's a bad story about you, that you did this, you stole their girlfriend, you did whatever it was that made them mad, they're kind of like, God, he took my girlfriend back in 1990, and I still can't stand him to this day. He's not changed a bit. Just look at him. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit never spoke those words to your heart. Okay? And, and, you know, and what's good about that is God doesn't look at you that way. He doesn't talk about you that way. He doesn't think about you that way. He could. He'd have the goods on all of us, wouldn't he? He'd have the goods on us all. He'd have every secret thought or whatever you ever had in your life. He'd have the goods on you, and you couldn't deny it. But he doesn't want to. He threw all that stuff in the sea of forgetfulness. And now he said, now I want you to remember this. You're my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter, and you am well pleased. There's another whole identity he wants us to live out of, and it's who he says we are. So this third layer is connected to who God says that we are. And this is the layer that takes faith for us to believe. Okay, I'm going to say stuff today, and you're going to say, wow, is that really true? Read your Bible. I'm going to show you it's true in the Bible. And you're going to have to turn your faith on to believe it. And if you want to change, you're going to go from glory to glory. We have to agree with God. Amen? Amen. amen. I got three or four of you now. All right. Okay. We can say amen. Amen feels good to a preacher to hear or a teacher to hear. It feels good. Like, like you're listening. You're following along. You're getting what I'm saying. I'm not going too fast. You're following along. All that. So here's the thing with the spiritual layer is uh, it's talking about who we are in the spirit realm, who we are after God, who, who we look like in the realm that we can't see in this invisible realm that God calls the spirit realm. So have you ever thought about this fact? I've said this before, but ever thought about the fact that you've never seen your face without the help of a mirror or some kind of something that reflects? You've never seen what you look like. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday. It was pretty hilarious, actually. I'm just a little juvenile sometimes, i got to admit, but... It was a Presbyterian meeting, you know, it's all prim and proper, and this guy gets up to, <laughs> to give his uh, announcements or whatever his thing, and he had his fly down. He didn't look in the mirror before he went up there. It could have benefited him, and I instantly, I knew I was going up after him a little bit, so I definitely checked real quick, like, oh, man. Uh, you know, but there's things we, about ourselves we don't know without the help of some a friend to tell somebody. Someone should have told that guy, but I didn't notice until he was up there. It was too late then. Thank God it wasn't live streamed for the guy. But anyway, um, there's things you don't know about yourself without the help of a mirror. Like if you got food in your teeth, you've seen something like that, you've done it too. Uh, if you got ketchup on your face, you got, you know, you know, your hair sticking up this way. Or I remember Holly and I did a video for probably Uganda or something, this short little commercial advertisement thing. And uh, my hair was sticking up everywhere. And she was like, like Holly, for real? <laughs> I was ready to edit the video. Why would you say it's sticking up everywhere? She goes, well, I look good. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you look good. Look at my hair. But, but anyway, without the help of a mirror or somebody else, you just don't know what you look like. Uh, for ladies, you might have mascara running down your face or eating hot dogs and hamburgers. You have ketchup mustard on your face. And sometimes I wonder how they can't feel it there. At least I think I could feel it if I had ketchup mustard there. But I've met people, they can't feel it. They'll walk around talking to you. They get ketchup mustard all over their face, and they don't even have a clue. And I, you're like, do I say something, or do I just let this, this is kind of funny, let it go for a while? But um, we, we need the help of a mirror to see what we look like. And we need the help of the mirror to know what we look like in our spirit, too. 
you know, Holly and I have this friend, uh, went to Haiti several years ago on a missions trip. And on this trip, the, 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 the team took photographs of the children there, a little Polaroid pictures of them, and laid them out on a table. I said, all right, we took these pictures of you kids, and we want to give them to you. So they laid them on the table and said, go up there and get your pictures. And not one child there could identify their own photo. Not one shot. They, they had never seen their face before. They had never owned a mirror. They had, ne- they had to use their friend to help them. Oh, this one's yours, and this one's yours, this one's yours. They had no idea what they looked like. And I'm telling you, without the Word of God, the spiritual mirror of the Word of God, you have no idea what you look like on the inside of you. You have no clue. You can, can't go by your feelings. You can't go by your emotions. You can only go by the spiritual mirror of the Word of God. Only God knows what your born-again spirit looks like. Only God knows. And it's up to us to humble ourselves and believe what He says, and then it transforms us. Amen? I'm going to show you this. This is what it says in Second uh, Corinthians 3.18. It's the Amplified Version. And we all, with unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image, from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As we look into the spiritual mirror of God's word, we are progressively being transformed into his image. We can't look at ourselves. We can't look at what the world says we are. We have to look at his mirror of his word, and he's going to tell us who we are, and we're going to progressively change to be more like him. We don't change to become something. We're look, we look at the world all the time. We're going to become like the world. We look at Jesus. We're going to become like him. As we behold him, we become like him. Okay? So this mirror, this spiritual mirror is special. It's different than the one you have at home. Uh, this is a spiritual mirror, and, uh, and we become, as we look in this mirror, we become something else. We become some, someone else. We, we are transformed into his image, into his image and likeness. Now, there's another scripture verse that talks about being transformed. Anybody know what that one is? Anybody? Anybody here read your Bible? Come on. You don't have to tell me the reference. Oh, I don't know, you might not remember the address, but Romans 12.2 says that do not be conf- Right, exactly. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by renewing of our minds. Then you will approve what is good and acceptable, the perfect will of God. So we are transformed by looking in the spiritual mirror, and we are transformed by renewing our mind or changing how we think. Your emotions are going to try to tell you day in and day out, the world will try to tell you day in and day out that you stink. You are no good. You're useless, worthless, good for nothing. You couldn't do anything for God. And it's 100% lie from the pit of hell. That is not how your father sees you. That's not how he talks about you. He doesn't introduce you to, a, his, to Moses one day. Hey, this is my, my friend, uh, uh, let's say Randy here. He stinks. He's no good. He's absolutely useless. He's just, there's, I don't know why I put him on the earth. But yet, we would walk around talking like that about ourselves and thinking somehow that glorifies God. But he would never let those words come out of his mouth. And I cancel, cancel that over you in Jesus' name too. It's the illustration. Um, Sometimes, for the sake of false humility and the sake of religion and looking good in the eyes of men, we'll say these things about ourselves that God would never dream of saying about you. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I got a horrible memory, I'm no good at this, I'm no good at that, I couldn't ever do anything for God, I can't speak, can't preach, can't teach, can't whatever, and your father, God would never say that about you. You ever hear your child down, uh, speaking down about themselves? Oh, that would get a mama bear and a papa bear up going, don't you dare talk about my child like that. Don't you dare talk like that. That's not who you are. Who told you that? See, they've been hearing the voice of the serpent more than the voice of the Savior. 
and we start believing those lies, those little secret little things that get spoken into our hearts. We start believing there are thoughts. We come into agreement with our thoughts, and all of a sudden they start to become our identity. But it's not the layer of your identity that God wants you to live out of. He wants to live out of the spiritual layer of who he says you are. Amen. So we're going to look at who God says we are. Start with 2 Corinthians 5.17. And you know what? I'm okay if you shout. I'm okay if you shout, wave a hanky. My great-grandmother used to wave a hanky, run around the church. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm cool with that. If they're getting touched by the glory of God through the word of God, man, let's celebrate. This is who God says you are. And nobody else can say different. That God be true and everybody else a liar. God said it's finished, it's finished. He said it's done, it's done. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? Once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are a new creation being that never existed in the history of the world before. We are not after our grandfather, Adam. We're not created in his image. We are now recreated in the image of God himself. We are brand new creations. That, and everything about your spirit, man, has been absolutely made new. Perfect. Complete. The word new here means recently made, fresh, recent, unused, unworn, of a new kind, unprecedented, novel, uncommon and unheard of. That's who you are, praise God. You are unprecedented, unheard of. Let me say it again. Some of you guys will smile because guess what? You have to turn your faith on to believe what God's saying about you. He's saying this about you, not me. And I'm included too, but he's saying about us. That you are, through Christ, recently made, fresh, recent, unused, unworn, of a new kind, unprecedented, novel, uncommon, and unheard of. The work that God's did on the inside of you. It's unheard of. Hallelujah, we are specially made. So even though we were already created beings who were physically alive, God is something special, something fresh, something unprecedented, unheard of on the inside of us, and he called it his new creation. You are a new creation recreated in Christ. You ever thought about that? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, but it says we're in Christ too. We're recreated in Christ, it's Christ in us. We're in him and he's in us at the same time. We're seated with him in heavenly places at the same time. And I'm walking in plum tree through the church right now, speaking to you at the same time when I'm seated with him in heaven. I don't get it, but he said it, so it's got to be true. And I have to humble myself, the things I don't understand, and say, let God be true in every other voice I hear a lie. It's what he says. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his masterpiece, his workmanship, his handcrafted work that he did. You are God's greatest creation that he ever made. It's you. It's you. Turn your neighbor and say, it's you. And it's me too. <laughs> it's me too. You got to say that part too. It's me too. We are God's greatest creation. He doesn't think like, oh, wow, you guys ever see the Grand Canyon? Now, I did some amazing stuff right there. You ever go to Mount Everest? That's pretty special. I don't think he cares about those things very much at all. I don't think he's impressed like, oh, look what I did there. He's thinking, of, look at these guys. These are my kids. You are what God treasures. You are what God treasures. So the word in here is a primary preposition denoting a fixed position in place, in time, or in state. 
We are in a fixed position in Christ. We are recreated in Christ Jesus. You never walk alone by yourself. You're walking, Jesus is walking. You're talking, Jesus is talking. You're breathing, he's breathing with you. He's in you, you're in him. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He is joining himself to the Lord as one spirit with him. You have been recreated in Christ. I know it takes a minute to sink into your brain because you've heard so much other stuff about how you think. But I'm telling you, your dad doesn't talk about you like that. And you want to know your true identity, who you really are. You get to listen to what God says because he's smarter than every pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, or anybody else who ever lived. He knows, and he owns this spiritual mirror that we have to look at to be transformed to look like him. Amen. We must receive it if we're going to give it away. So think about this. When Jesus was born, there was no room for him in the inn. And when we're born again, we became the inn. There's lots of room now. He became the inn in all over the world. There was no room then, but when he's bo- we're born again in Christ, we become that inn, praise God. Call it the holiday inn. You can call it the shared inn, whatever you want to call it. We are the inn that God lives in. He's in us. Amen? And free of charge, at least on our part, wasn't free so much for him. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. He is a treasure, but he, in his perspective, you are a treasure. And he put this treasure on the inside of us, and it's called Jesus Christ. He lives in you all the time. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? And sometimes we're walking around hopeless, and we're walking around like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? We're hopeless because we're not recognizing he's in me. That's where the hope comes from. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory in this situation. It's not about, I'm smart enough to figure this out. I think if I can do this, this, and this, this will all work out. No, it's God's in me. He's in me. He's with me 24-7. We now have a new identity, and it's new identity is in Christ, recreated in him. Now listen to this, Ephesians 4.24. Again, you're going to have to turn your faith on because this is not what you've been told in, in churches before. But it's in the Word. And put on the new self. That's your recreation, new creation being. Put on the new self, which is, like, like, which is in likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. Now you're reading that, you might think, I don't get it. Yeah, I get that. I know I had to read a bunch of times too in different versions and stuff. But our new creation self was recreated in the likeness of God in righteousness and true holiness. You are right now as righteous as you're ever going to be in your spirit, man. You are holy as you're ever going to be. You are recreated in Christ. It recreated like God. That's a new creation reality. You are like God. Let me just say it this way to you. We don't have to try to become righteous. We already have become righteous. You don't have to try to become holy. We've already been made holy. You got, I'm talking about your spirit, okay? I'm not talking about behavior right now, okay? Separate that for a minute. God will work out your behavior. You believe right, you'll act right. The reason we, believe, we act wrong is we believe wrong. That's just the truth of it. We don't have to try to become like God in our spirits. We've already been recreated like God. In the garden, we were made like God in the beginning, and now he recreated us in God again after Jesus' resurrection from the dead. We are already like God. The inferiority complex needs to leave the church so we can believe who God says we are, that we can walk in the power of God. If we can't even believe who we are in Christ, how are we going to walk in the miracles of God? How are we going to walk in healing the sick and raising the dead, casting out demons, having people healed of leprosy? We can't even believe we're saved. We can't even believe that we're recreated in Christ Jesus, that we're walking in him and he's walking in us. We're never alone. You and God make a majority. That's right. 
It doesn't matter if there's 10 lepers there that need healing. There's more anointing in you to help them than the, than the same anointing was in Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the word says, now lives in you. Now that's living by faith. Not just, I hope I get to heaven. Man, that's, you've inherited that. Okay, that's, your, that's part of your inheritance. But so is all the other stuff. Your righteousness, your holiness, your sanctification, justification, all the things that the Bible talks about. That's part of your inheritance, part of your spiritual birthright that Jesus won for you through his resurrection power of the cross and all the things that he did. So our part of this is, is to put on the new self. Like it says, put on, put on Christ, put on your new self. That's our part. You know how you do that? Looking in the mirror. You're like, okay, Father, I feel like this. I feel like I'm no good. I feel like I'm worthless. I feel like I can't do anything right. I don't know if anybody loves me or cares about me. What do you say? And you get open the good book. Don't start in Leviticus. Just saying. Might want to start, might want to start in John. Okay, just <laughs> not a good book for new Christians or people to start in. They're not going to get that. But anyway, start in the book of John or Matthew or something. And start in the, the epistles, you know, what the letters to the church. And look what God says about you and who you are now. Okay? Put on this new self by looking into the mirror. Put this new self by getting the word of God in your heart and believing what God says is true. You read it and say, amen, that's who I am. You read it, amen, that's who I am. Because how can two walk together unless you're in agreement? You can't walk with God if you don't agree with God. You're not saying you're going to make it to heaven or not. You're going to get to heaven if you're saved, but you're going to still live in hell while you're here and not realize what God's done for you. You're going to walk in feeling sorry for yourself, feeling bad for yourself. When you are a new creation being, recreating Christ, you are the righteous of God in him. He became sin and innocent so you could be the righteous of God. You are absolutely a new creation being that is walking this planet. We are, in, through the spirit realm, a gift to the world. That sounds arrogant to say, but I'm not talking about me, but the body of Christ, the churches, it's a gift to the world to share the love of God and gospel with them. They don't see us like that. You're not going to get them telling them that or singing your praises, but when you talk to the Father, he's going to constantly try to remind you who you are, who you are. The work on the cross was finished. It was a perfect work. It was a complete work. Nothing missing, nothing left undone. Sometimes we pray and pray and pray, asking God to change us. He said, man, get in my word. Just read what I did. You're bowing shame? Okay, I get that. But read what I did. I bore your shame. And instead of shame, you now have double honor. You know, you're battling this. And I battle those things. I'm not belittling those things. But there's only one place to get out of it. And it's looking in his mirror. The word of God. So our work of putting on Christ is, is by believing him. Believing what he said in humility. He's, this is what he said. Jesus said in John 6, 29. Jesus answered and said to them, the, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who, who he sent. Believe in him and I would say believe him. So if he's telling you who you are, we need to say amen. Okay? Thank you, Dave Mark. <laughs> I heard that. Amen. All right. One more. Let me show you a few of these. We're going to do a, a confession together in this too. Is... Uh, Hold on, the notes just disappeared. I haven't done that in a while. Oh, man, now I need my glasses to see it. One second. <laughs> you guys can meditate on what I said a minute ago. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, long pause for effect. There it is. Thank you. All right. Again, it's a finished work. 
and his work was perfect. Hebrews 10, 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those that are sanctified. That's Tom Will you. If you're born again, your spirit man is as perfect as it's ever going to be because of him. Not because you killed a bull or an ox or a donkey, a lamb or anything else, but because of Christ. By his one offering, he has perfected your spirit man forever. Not to the next time you sin, not the next time you feel guilty or bad about yourself. You woke up on the wrong side of the bed and like, oh, I don't feel saved today. Get in the word. Get in the word. Get the mirror in front of your eyes. Let it transform you to become the image of Christ. Look at what he's telling you. Humble yourself and believe it and tell your feelings to shut up in Jesus' name. I'm not who I feel. I am who he said I feel. Who he says I am. <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, John four seventeen. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may be, have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. It takes humility and faith to say that. So it says, I'd love to see Jesus. I'm like, well, hey, as he is, so am I in this world. Imagine <laughs> saying that in some circles. I'm like, stone him. Jesus said that. The word of God says that. As he is, so are we in this world. Tell me you're born again, newly created, recreated spirit. You are perfected forever in Christ. Forever. I'm telling you, if you believe this message, you'll change so much more and quicker and easier than you trying to get the spinning wheel, the hamster on the wheel, trying to, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to read more, pray more. But no, you just need to believe more. That's the one thing you have to do is believe what he said. This is the works of Jesus, is to believe in him who he sent. Believe in him. Believe what he said about you. Humble yourself and believe what God says no matter what you feel. The church told me I, I, I'm not good enough because I didn't wear the right clothing. Bah, whatever. Church told me I'm not good enough because I, I, I went through this and my, I had an abortion or I had a divorce or I had this. Or that. Ah, don't listen to it. What qualifies you is the grace in love, the blood of Jesus. You don't qualify because you didn't have an abortion or you didn't have a, a you didn't uh, have a divorce or something like that. You qualify only because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Amen. Amen. It's religion. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. Life. It doesn't kill. <laughs> Amen. Thou shalt not kill. I mean, let's not use the word like a beat the sheep with. We use the word to love people with. So his new creation is perfect. That's us. He's not up there praying like, oh, Father God, please change him. Please change him. Please. They're so messed up. Please change him. Please change him. He's like Jesus shaking the Father. Hey, come on. Hey, you see Ryan down there? You need to change him. You need to change him. No, he's, like, he's praying that we believe. He's praying that we believe. He's praying you'd believe. Why do you believe what you believe is because of the heart wounds and the things you've been told, either from the enemy or someone else. And you can hear this all day. You can listen to this message on repeat. But until you humble yourself, believe God's word, you're not going to see the fruit that you really want in your life. Say, I love it. My life looked like this. I love it if I felt this way about myself. Guess what? It can. Believe God's word. Amen. All right, so I'm going to tell you who you are. And after that, I'm going to give you a chance to proclaim it out of your own mouth who you are. So I'm going to say this. Uh, the I am sheep, I'm going to say it to you. I'm going to say it as you are. This is who you are. And I'm including that too. And you can say amen the whole way along, okay? Because this is who you are. Humble yourself and believe God right now. In Jesus' name, do it. <laughs> oh, man, I just want you guys to get it so bad. I really do. And me too. But I, you are a child of God. You are redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You are forgiven. You are saved by grace through faith. 
you are justified. You are sanctified. You are a new creature, our new creation. You are a partaker of the divine nature. You are redeemed from the curse of the law. You are delivered from the powers of darkness. You are led, these are all scripture verses I just paraphrased. You are led by the spirit of God. You are sons and daughters of God. You are kept in safety wherever you go. Psalm 91. You are getting all your needs met by Jesus. Philippians 4.13. You are casting all your cares on Jesus. You are strong in the Lord, the power of his might. You are doing all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. Just brace yourself. There's 40 of them, okay? And you're going to get to say them too. But this is who you are. And if you don't know it, you're not going to live out of it. Well, I thought it was this. I thought it was that. No, no, no. Let God be true and everyone else a liar. I am observing and doing the Lord's commandments. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm an heir of eternal life. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. I'm healed by his stripes. I'm exercising my authority over the enemy. I'm above only and not beneath. I switched to I am. Sorry about that. I had a habit. <laughs> you are. I am. We are. You are exercising your authority over the enemy. You are above only and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're not just barely conquering or just like barely get a victory here. Like, oh, I think I got it. No, you're more than. More than a conqueror. Every single time through Christ. You are establishing God's word here on earth. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your confession, your testimony. Amen. You are daily overcoming the devil. John, 1 John 4, 4. You are not moved by what you see. You're walking by faith and not by sight. You're casting down vain imaginations. You're bringing every thought into captivity to make it to the obedience of Christ. You're being transformed by renewing your mind. You're a labor together with God. You are the righteous of God in Christ. You are right now, not when you die and get to heaven and you, you can't sin anymore. You are because he became sin who knew no sin so you could become the righteous of God. It's a divine exchange that he did. He became all of our sin and gave you all of his righteousness. Amen. It's a gift. Praise God. Uh, let's see, what number am I on? Which was it? Ephesians 5. I'll just go pick one. I don't see it. All right. I'm walking with faith, not by sight. You are casting down vain imaginations. You're bringing every thought into captivity. You're being transformed by renewing your mind. Oh, I see it now. You are a labor together with God. You're the righteous of God in Christ. You are an imitator of Jesus. You are the light of the world. And you are blessing the Lord's at all times and continually praising the Lord with your mouth. Some of that is telling you who you are. Some of telling you what you do. Okay, there's a little bit of both in there. But this is who God, this is God's perspective of you. It doesn't matter what anyone else says about you. If you were popular in school, if you were hated in school, if you were whatever, you went through a, a, a good family life or a bad family life. Today, this is your spiritual identity of who the Father sees you to be. He's calling you out of that place of darkness, out of that place of lies and doubt and unbelief. and say, come on, son, you want to walk with me? Agree with what I tell you. And this is who you really are. So now I'm going to give you a chance to speak it out of your mouth, too. If we have that on the screen, try to do that together. I think we have them in the, the program. This is the first one. Yeah, go back to, uh, I know the first one says, I am a child of God, I believe the first one is. Why don't you guys stand? And I can get you copies of these uh, if you guys want to. Do you need more time, uh, John Ray? I apologize so you guys know. I forgot to tell John Ray I was doing this before the service, so I apologize, buddy. All right, we got it? 
All right, so what we're going to do before each one says, I am, okay? And I want you to really receive it into your heart by faith. We are the righteous God by faith, okay? So I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am forgiven. I am saved by grace through faith. I am justified. I am sanctified. I am a new creature. I am a partaker of his divine nature. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I am delivered from the powers of darkness. I am led by the spirit of God. I am a son of God. I am kept in safety wherever I go. I am getting all my needs met by Jesus. I am casting all my cares on Jesus. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I am doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I'm an heir to the blessings of Abraham. I'm observing and doing the Lord's commandments. I tell you, if you guys do this in your house by yourself, and you can say it a little louder, you know, no one's around, uh, uh, you might feel uh, my voice cracked or whatever you get self-conscious about. You get this from here into here. You'll literally start feeling your spirit coming alive. You'll feel like this power bubbling up on the inside of you as you come into agreement with God's word. I remember doing this back when Holly and I first married. She was in school, and I had the place to myself, and I started walking through the house my I am sheet, and I started confessing this. I had no idea what I was doing, no idea how much it was going to change my life. I had no clue. I just kept saying it again and again and again until one day I started, like, had there was anointing on it. There was power on it. There was virtue on it. I could feel it. It wasn't just my words anymore. It was like, I am a child of God. I, I mean, if you haven't felt the shift before, you probably don't know what I'm saying. But when you feel it, you'll know what I'm talking about. When, it go, when a word comes from here and it comes out of there, and you get, I mean, there's faith on it, there's life on it, there's virtue on it, it's, it's depositing your heart. You know who you are. I'm telling you, it changes everything. It does. So the third, I think the third page. I am blessing, blessed coming in and blessed going out. I am an heir of eternal life. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. I am healed by his stripes. I am exercising my authority over the enemy. I am above only and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I am establishing God's word here on earth. I am an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. I am daily overcoming the devil. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm casting down vain imaginations. I'm bringing every thought into captivity. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm a laborer together with God, the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm an imitator of Jesus. I am 